Hi everyone and welcome to Rebecca Wendy, A Crazy Life. I'd just like to remind everyone that you can contact me on the large family around the world at gmail.com. That is the large family around the world at gmail.com. This podcast is a deep one and it talks about lots of different things and I am driving so there is a lot of noise in it. Um, I'll do my best to to limit the noise and make it easier for you to hear, but there is a lot of noise in it. So my apologies for that. Um, Have a wonderful Christmas. Merry Christmas to everyone. And happy holidays to anyone who doesn't celebrate Christmas. Have a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful day. I love you all. Enjoy. state to us and she come to have Christmas with us and um, and what I wanted to tell you uh, talk about is the um, part of the, the funny and, and silly things that we do at Christmas time so uh, leading up to Christmas I um, I realized that my boss oh, my manager I should say doesn't like anything that will make him look bad so he doesn't not not when I say that not that he will look bad towards the boss he's a really old dude um, but he still likes everything to look right and to look right for him so when I started working because I, I, I do a school bus run and so I take the kids to school and as we'll get into the end of school in the last week of school I started dressing up and so I dressed up as an elf and I had an, a, a dancing hat on. And like I said, I've told you before, I am a, I am not little. I am big. And so me in an elf hat. And I would start the days off. I would let the, the local truck drivers know that I was coming through. And the bus, I usually let them know the school bus is coming through. And the really big trucks often stay up for the log trucks. They stay off the road when they know the, buses, the, the school buses are coming through. Because the road we have to travel is really, really small. It's really tight. And having a full log truck and a school bus coming through at the same time is a little bit squishy. And so I would make fun of myself. And so I would say things like, um, um, uh, good morning, everyone. Uh, it's Beck. 
from the local school run. I'm letting you know that I am as dressed as an elf today. So if you have um, a heart condition and you think that seeing a fat woman in an elf suit with a dancing hat is a little too much for you, I advise that you pull over to the side of the road um, and put your hand in your hands and say la 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 until I'm past and then you'll be okay. If you happen to see me and it's a bit much, please let us know and we'll get you medical assistance. Um, and let him know how how long I'll be on the roads for. And <coughs> excuse me. Um, and this was a bit of fun I would I would make of myself. And I found I found it amusing as well. And so I'd do this and I would have a bit of fun. But my manager is very everything has to look right and be right, and it's not allowed to look bad at all. And so when I go off the bus. And I'm dressed in my full owl suit. He's like, wow, okay, you're doing that. And then we went and watched a, um, that night we went and watched a Christmas parade. Now I wasn't in the Christmas parade, but I watched it. I was part of watching it, but he was in it. And there's me still in my owl suit, standing on the side of the road. And the kids that I travel with, they were like waving at me because I have a lot of fun with the kids on the bus um, and they were they were waving at me and you know hi Beck and and um, all that kind of stuff and then there was him and him was like he put I waved at him you know in my and I don't do a small you know hand wave I do a big wave like the crazy woman who, who waves a lot I do a big wave and he sort of turns away and waves his hand like I do not know I, I, I don't know I don't know this woman and this is what this is what happens and of course, I'm, I'm just being me. I really, really enjoy um, having fun now. And I enjoy being um, bold. And I enjoy making fun of the things that you probably shouldn't make fun of. Um, and, and another thing that happens on the school run is one of the girls, they're allowed to listen to music as long as it's not too loud that everyone has to yell over the top of it. And I certainly don't want to have to yell over the top of it to be heard. So they're allowed to have music in. And there was this girl who was playing this music. I don't know who the artist was. It was a country singer. And oh my God, he whined on. And so I said, I was very polite and asked her to change the music because I really didn't want to be committing suicide before the end of the trip. And she found that hilarious and then decided that she was gonna take that time to put on another one that was worse. And I said to her, do you, do you think it's a really good idea to make your, your bus driver that's currently driving so depressed that she may want to kill herself? And of course they found this hilarious. And, um, and I was having a great time. And, um, and I, yeah, I was having a great time and, and, and we're just having fun. So the, the kids, really like you know when they see me they give me big waves and they really like it and then there's you know my, my manager who just does not want to be seen with me he does not want to be see, like if I'm doing anything that's remotely um, embarrassing and I think honestly my weight is embarrassing to him so I'm overweight but he's also the guy that, that the bus has to be absolutely spotless but he's not the one to do the cleaning of it so it's the idea that his wife 
is doing all the cleaning. You know that he used to own the bus company and you know he's the one that he says that he, you know, it's, it's children should be seen and not heard and the bus has to be spotless and all these things that need to be done. You know it's his wife doing most of it and then he's taking the credit for it. That's just the kind of guy he is. And so when he, they went in tours, he would say, he would do the dishes and he would clean the bus and he would make everything beautiful. And then when they get home, he wouldn't clean the house and he wouldn't do any of that kind of stuff because that's not his job. That's his wife's job. And his wife's job has to get them the bus ready for tour and make the snacks and arrange where they're gonna stay. And she has to get the kids ready and she has to organize them going to not only getting to school on time and showering they're making lunches he's not he's not going to do that that's not his job and uh and, and i am very not i am i am not liking those guys at all um and so and he's old now and his wife's old and they don't have young kids anymore but now they have grandkids but still it's very much about her sorting out the things to do with the grandkids you know, she, she looks after the grandkids when they come over. He does the fun stuff, but the main stuff and the prepare and the preparing food for them and the cleaning up after them. And if they get sick, which they have been, she's the one that takes care of them. Um, and then she's having to take care of him because he needs taken care of. Um, because clearly he can't look after himself. Anyway, so they're the fun things that happen when um, on, on the on the trip and it's been good to be light-hearted because then it's helping me be light-hearted in my um, everyday life and things going on but one of the serious things that happen and I think it's part of for me being grown up when um, I think it was 2021 we had a situation it was very start of 2021 like um first few days of in January 2021 we had a situation where we had to leave where we were and we lived on a bus at this point we traveled and my daughter had made um, some friends and she already knew the situation at home was quite bad and she wanted to leave and I knew that she was going to run away I knew that look I knew I, I knew what was she was going to run away and so I begged her I took I went for a walk and I begged her not to leave and I begged her not to run that I would do whatever it takes to help her. And I really meant it. I would do whatever it took to help her. And so I organized for her to move out. Now in the situation that she moved into also wasn't a great one, but it was way better than what she was in. And so it was a good thing. But then my situation got worse and I mentally was not able. I don't know whether able is the right word not willing, not able, it just seemed like something else to do all the financial aspects, the bits and pieces that I needed to do with her. And so I pretty much abandoned her to fend for herself in the world while I tried to figure out my bits and pieces. And today was the first time I sat with her and she's almost 21 now. This is when she was 17. And I said, I know I did that. I taught her a little bit of what it was like. And I said, this is not an excuse. I know my part in this. And my part was as a mum, I abandon you. And that there is no excuse for that. 
I did not give you what you needed as a 17 year old. I did not give you what you needed as a child and I was not your mother and I left you to be and that is on me. That is all me. And she was brutally honest. And it was, I didn't get upset at her honesty. I was appreciative of her honesty. And she said to me, mum died years ago. To me, you're not mum, you're Beck. You're a woman I know, you're not mum. But as Beck, I would like to get to know you. And I know that was meant to be a statement that could hurt, but it didn't hurt me because I saw the honesty in it and I recognized my, my role in it. I hurt her, I abandoned her. And so in retaliation, she needed to survive. And her in her ability to survive, she needed to see her parents as dead. The parents that she once knew were no more. And it took years. And we did spend many years where we didn't talk to each other because of many different circumstances. All on my side, not on hers. Um, and because they were all on my side, I then, um, abandoned, like I abandoned her to survive on my side. And though that was a survival technique for me, that did not help her at all. That actually made her so much worse because she did not have a mum. And it's not an excuse for me. It's not an excuse because I needed to know how to do both. And I know that seems like a lot, but when kids are kids, they don't know the differences. They know that mum and dad are supposed to be there for them no matter what, and not abandon their children when things get hard. They're supposed to be there for their children even more. And I was not there for her. So I abandoned her regardless of the reasons it was not good enough so what I did and hearing her say this was not hurtful I thought that it would be but it wasn't it was understanding for me where we are at and that was helpful so I knew that I wasn't there to be her mum she didn't want that. She made it very clear that she didn't want that. That's not the kind of relationship she wanted. She doesn't want a mum. To her, her mum died. What she wants is a friend at the minute. And we can work up. And she may never trust me. And I was very honest about that. I said, you may never trust me enough to go back to that of mum. And that's okay. That's okay that she needs to learn to trust me as much as she can. And I said to her very honestly, I will fuck up again. I guarantee you, I will fuck up. I will be a disappointment at some point. I will not be the perfect mum. I will not do the perfect things, but I will try my very fucking best. I will do the best that I can. I will, I will be there for her the best that I can. And if she needs space, she just needs to tell me. And if I fucked up and I don't, I'm not aware of it, she can send me a text message and say, 
you fucked up. That w- whatever you just did, that was a fucking mistake. And I can, she can do that. And I'm okay with that because I know where we are. And I now know that I will do my best for her as she is. And I don't have to, she said, don't try and please me. Don't try and make it like when you're trying to be mum. She said, I don't want you to be mum. Mum died. Mum is not there anymore. Her mum abandoned her and and in her mind, her mum died and she was left an orphan. And that's a big statement, but it's a statement that is true for her. And I am not going to refute that. And so I'm going to do my very fucking best to be back for her. I'm going to be my, do my very fucking best to make sure that she feels loved and appreciated and that she feels her power within herself. I don't always like the things that she does, but I don't have to. I'm sure that friends like that don't always like the things that other, their other people do. But I'm not trying to fill something that in her mind I can no longer fill. And this was a huge conversation and this was something I wanted to share because it was so powerful. It was so powerful. And I think it was powerful for both of us because I now know where I stood and I was not hurt by her statements. I was understanding of where she stood and in understanding where she stood and not devaluating it, not making it less than, not trying to talk her out of it, but allowing her to talk from her own point of view and accepting her point of view as it is. I can work from that. And I can work from that point of view and do the best I can from that point of view. And that's what I want. And that's what she wants. I'm not going to feel something I can't feel. And so to her, her mother died. Her mother died when she was abandoned. And she had to fend for herself as a 17 year old in the world by herself. And she did and she is amazing she has survived she works she studies she is making it through by herself and if I try and tell her something is not the way she thinks it is I don't have any power over that because I have no she, she doesn't respect me now as she, she's someone I know I gain she gains no respect I gain no uh, no respect from her in the sense that my opinions mean something because they don't she can take them or leave them as she wishes because I'm a I'm a woman she knows she made that clear and I think that that's a great for me it's good to know so I can't sway her and I think the more I push the more she will go against it not just because she's at that age but because she I, in hurting her, she has survived in the only way that she knows how. And now I need to accept where I stand in her life. And I like to know that. And 
really wanted to share that because if there's other people that are going through this that are trying to reconnect and they're finding that there is friction having these conversations and they're hard conversations like they're, they're usually very emotional to find out where you stand with your children how they view you your relationship can move forward from that point of view but my ex keeps trying to put like he she calls him by his first name and he hates it he says it's disrespectful and she should call him dad but she doesn't see that because he abandoned her long before that and he doesn't she doesn't see him as dad she sees him as a guy and so she treats him like she does any other guy and she also doesn't respect his opinion and he doesn't accept that point of view he thinks that he can force her to change her point of view but he can't because he hasn't done anything to gain trust and trust is the biggest thing and trust cannot be gained easily especially when it has been so painfully hurt trust is so fragile and if any of you like me have been in domestic violence situations you know how hard that is to gain that real trust that real ability to be open it hurts and it's hard and sometimes we just fuck up I also don't want to give her the opinion that I'm going to be the best and greatest friend she's ever had. I, I'm being very honest, I'm going to fuck up and I'm going to disappoint her again. I guarantee that. Because I'm not, I'm going to fail. I, but I don't expect to be perfect all the time. I can't be. It's not in me to do that. It's not in me to even try to be perfect all the time. I can't do it because I know how many times I fail. I just wanted to know that I will pick myself up and I will do better again. And each time I will do better. And for a, for a child to know that their mum, regardless of, of whether I am or not, that I will do my best no matter what. I will try because I have failed so miserably. We may never get back to the mother-daughter relationship. We may never get back to that point that we, um, that we are that. And if we never get back to that point, that's okay because it's not her fault that we're in this point, it's mine. I was the adult in this situation and I stuffed up. I was the one that brought her into the world. I looked after her, I raised her, and at the point that she wanted to leave or she was leaving, I helped her do that. I got her to that point. And once then she was out and I had more things crash around me, because she was not there, I said, 
because she's not there she can just handle herself I abandoned her right now that's my mess up she doesn't have to carry that that's me what she has to carry is what she had to do to survive after that the ability to live how she had to shut herself down create her boundaries like create her walls to survive and she did survive and she survived just fine without me and now she she's happy to have me in her life again but not to help her survive she's happy to have me in her life just to have me in her life as a friend I don't know if there's anything else I can say with that other than then you're going around in circles one thing I've also noticed is grief grief comes in cycles like she was talking about the cycles of grief the anger the acceptance the denial all those kind of things that come and they never come in the linear fashion I'm sorry it's got really loud um, and they never come in the linear fashion that it was that we tell we're told it is they never come like that It never comes in the, um, um, you know, we go through this stage and then this stage and then this stage and then by the end we've got to acceptance and we're all better. It doesn't work like that. We go through cycles and waves and, and, and ups and downs and sometimes it goes to, you know, denial and then anger and then back to denial and then anger and then it's, you know, um, negotiating and then it's back to anger and then it's negotiating and then it's back to denial and then it's negotiating and then it's acceptance and then it's denial and then it's acceptance and then it's negotiating and then you're, you're backwards and forwards and backwards and forwards it's never linear it's never simple like that and noticing that different people go through different stages of this in different things of their life whether they're getting divorced whether they've lost someone. I remember someone talking about the grief of, of their divorce when, just after I'd lost my daughter and thinking that is not grief. You cannot use that word. That word is saved just for people who have lost children. And four years on, I realized that grief is grief. And different people experience grief, but it always has the same structure to it. It's always the, the flows of the ups and the downs. And sometimes it's very intense for others and other times it's not. And when it is, it's so hard to manage each day and other times it's okay. And we go through these stages of intense grief and then the grief is lighter and then, and, and, and it doesn't matter whether it's just a divorce. And I say just a divorce because that's my point of view. That's my terminology because in my mind, my divorce is like, it, it's a good thing for me. But people are on the other side. To them, it's not. It's grief. And it's the ups and downs and the flows. And the grief comes in so many ways, in so many things. And this grief is, you know, listening to my daughter talk about her grief the anger, the denial, the acceptance. I know there's seven stages and for life meter, I can't think of them all right now. But all these different things and the things that she went through and the things that she goes through. Knowing that I wasn't there for her. I did not help her get through them. 
she went through these stages of grief and it was not that long after we lost our daughter that she went through a year and a half that she then went through the abandonment of me and it was very soon and so she had a lot of things to process a lot of grief to go through and she treated it as though we had died and so then she had the grief of being an orphan an orphan of circumstance and dealing with the, those that life that we had before that playfulness that we had before that fun that we had before was never going to come back that grief of losing someone you love so much and she went through that all the ups and downs over the years she's still angry and it still hurts there's nothing I can do to change that and then I was talking to someone I had to talk to them bit by bit they're going through a divorce and talking to them about the stages of grief talking to them that if they need a help just getting through a moment getting through you know it's not just getting through a day it's getting through an hour a minute a mo like one second at a time just enough to survive the next moment that I would be there for them and I, I, I understood what they were going through I comprehended it I, I I couldn't say that I felt as they did because my grief is different to theirs and I can only judge I can only use reference of my own grief and just allowing her to grieve and to talk and to be there and not degrading her emotions allowing her emotions to be and allowing her to be and whether I agreed or disagreed internally was none of, of her business like none of that mattered to her because it was not about me it was about her it was not about me it was about her and grief it has to be about them and I know this has got serious and I really wanted to share with you just how important it was for me to share this. And I thank you for listening and I thank you for allowing me to be open and share that grief is everywhere. And it's linear. It's not linear. Oh my goodness, I just contradicted myself. It's not linear. And it's intense. And it comes in waves and sometimes it will be good and sometimes it will be bad and knowing that you can get through it is what's most important thank you guys for listening so much i will talk to you have a great wonderful christmas